reminds me of Staffy's show. Fear not. McCarty and Elliot are here. Or oh, actually, you might fear that. Alex is shaking my hand. Are you very joyous and happy today? Is that you? the only show you haven't been on, oh, Staffy's show? And that you turned your when you turn your oh. back on the Saturday session and you go and I don't know swan around SENZ. I mean, you've been to, but the the roles have changed, haven't they? I used to be the one going to Miami and having a you know time away from you coming back with a tan, and now it's you off to France. For two weeks, mate. I've Smithy's been, show. I've been stuck in a windowless building in Petoni for most of it. You're a big dog. Hardly, hardly glamorous. Good to see you, friend. Good I'm to so see you. I'm so glad you made it to Wellington. That was so funny, actually. <laughs> I don't know how you know, but like you're hooked into the social pipeline of the country. I was sitting in the uh, the lounge, and I thought, oh, I'll just settle down and have some dinner. Next minute, they're like, last final call for Mr. Grant Elliott. And someone turned to me and went, that's you, mate. I was like, yeah, well, I know my name. And then someone said, hurry up, Jeff. I was like running through the Karoo. Well, it's just a classic well, goldfish grant thing to do. Yeah, and then you got a message from someone, what, about two minutes later? Yeah, saying, why are you late for your flight? <laughs> Daniel McCarty. <laughs> uh, um, that's you, Jeff. Big fan of the show. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I got I got spies everywhere, mate. I got spies everywhere. It was incredible. Hey, uh, welcome into the show, everyone. Our number is 0800-150-811. Massive sporting weekend. We want to talk to you. Um, rip into it. Start giving us a call. Uh, we've got a great show. Uh, we want to hear a lot from you today. Uh, we'll have our, our usual resume talking cricket as we look at the Cricket World Cup. Our good friend Graham Beasley's dropping by after 12 o'clock to look at two World Cups, Rugby World Cup, Cricket World Cup. Uh, we're going to talk sports medicine. Guys coming back from ACLs is a real theme. A real theme. Uh, curfews in sport, why are they needed? There is a medical reason you're going to explain to us. Uh, Jamie Tout's a good friend of the show uh, from, I always forget the name of it. Hi. NZCIS, yeah, the Zealand Centre and Institute of Sports up in go. Upper Hutt. Thank you very much. Jamie's been a strength and conditioner for many teams. So he'll have the inside in cricket teams, rugby teams. Only for the Black Ferns, but now uh, General Manager of New Zealand Centre and Institute for Sports. So it'd be great to hear from him around recovery, curfews, what it is that he used to make us do with our ice baths and all these silly contraptions they've got. Do they really work? Uh, right now, though, let's get to the headlines. Let's start off with some great news. Uh, the Black Caps have made it three in a row, but potentially at a cost. The Black Caps have won their third straight Cricket World Cup match as they beat Bangladesh overnight. After being sent in, Bangladesh finished with a total of 245 for the loss of nine. New Zealand picked up, I think, four wickets. Well, they were four for 50. I think 50 for the loss of four at one stage, uh, Bangladesh. So they did quite a reasonable job to get through to 245 for nine. Uh, but the Black Caps chased it down with real ease. Uh, eight wickets in hand, just seven overs. Only, they used a lot, a lot of balls. A lot of balls, Grant. Um, and as a, a, a result, our net run rate's gone down. You were so super positive yeah. though, this morning. Yeah. I had to just calm you down, didn't I? Hold on, hold on. Um, Ferguson bowled fast. He bowled fast and he picked up wickets, three for 49. Kane Williamson made his first appearance for the side since tearing his ACL back in April. He made 78 before he had to, uh-oh, retire hurt. And yes, he could be in trouble again after a potential thumb injury. He was struck while running between the wickets. Um, Williamson will have an X-ray on his thumb tomorrow night to determine if there is any more damage. Meantime, Daryl Mitchell smoked 89 off 67. 
uh, as New Zealand make it three wins from three at Cricket World Cup. Taranaki boost uh, booked their spot in the NPC final last night, Grant. Uh, thrilling uh, semi against uh, Canterbury, 23 points to 16, which has set up a first all-North Island NPC final since 2007. Wow, that's quite surprising. It's probably a, a, a final Wellington lost, right, Finn? Probably, probably. It's what used to happen back then. A close encounter between the two sides, but uh, Taranaki's defence... Um, uh, a real strong point. Taranaki will face the winner of uh, either Wellington and Hawke's Bay uh, in the NPC final. Now, if Wellington host, I think the final will be on Sunday um, because it's double booked, the arena. Uh, and Chris Wood, guess what? Scoring for the All-Whites. Uh, the All-Whites captain has uh, calmly stepped up and has helped rescue the All-Whites with a one-all draw in the international friendly against the African nation, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, scoring in the 91st minute. Good test for the All-Whites. Um, as the Congo side ranked 40 places higher on the world rankings, the All-Whites will now head to London to play Australia for the Ashes, Grant Elliott. The Ashes? The football Ashes. No. Yes. What did they incinerate? A ball? Post? I think it was. I think it was cigars, my, my respective teams, and then put in a tin of a soldier who had survived and the Anzac campaign. Oh. Um, I hope I got this right. Then it was lost for many, many years until it just turned up at someone's garage. Is this something I'm going to have to Google? I, I think I'm going to have to Google this because you can't, you can't mix human ashes with cigar ashes. I mean, was it a... No, no, we weren't... No. Can you? The cricketing ashes, there's not a dead person in the in the little urn. No, it's just the bales. The bales, right? Yeah. So stoogies. It was the cigars after a game. Stoogies or stoogies? I think I've got that right. I think it's stoogies, stoogies. I don't know. There'll be a smarter person listening who will know, and I will encourage them to call on 0800-150-811. Yet we take on Australia Wednesday. Looking forward to that one. And guess what? We finished where we started, talking cricket. Alistair Cook has announced his retirement. Finally. Yeah. Um, Finn has written from international cricket. I think it's from... First class cricket. He's been playing for Essex for the last. Yeah, time. so he he uh, retired from international cricket, or oh, from yep. memory, maybe two three years ago. Oh, pre pre COVID, PC. Mm. So um, he's been playing. He's thirty eight years year age, tuning out runs for for Essex. Oh, he's, so he'll go and what look after the lambs, or something. which was bizarre because he he retired uh, from international cricket and thought, oh, I'll play county cricket, which is actually quite a rigorous circuit, to be yep. honest. Uh, I I think we have just seen the end of the last old-fashioned cricketing careers, Grant. Do you know how many first-class cricket games he played? Um, I'm going to say 280. Nope. Can you have another guess? Uh, is it in the 300? You played 200. You played 83 first-class games, apparently. Yeah. Oh, he'd be maybe close to 400. 300. 352. First class games. No one, no, no one's ever doing that again, are they? Okay, three hundred and fifty-two first class games. That includes one hundred and sixty-one tests. This just times it by you know four days because some of the tests wouldn't have gone. So that's uh, one thousand four hundred. hundred days. Yeah. One thousand four hundred eight days on the field of your life. That's <laughs> that's four solid years. Four solid years of cricket. Just toasted sandwiches, coffees, nicking off for naught, scoring the odd hundred. <laughs> Remember, this is a game where you only succeed 66% of the time if you're the best in the world. 
Sorry, sorry, you fail 66% of the time. He What's failed, his choice? He, he had 619 innings. So you're saying in those 619 innings, he would have failed 408 times. No, so, so success is based on your 100s and your 50s. That's a good day. So he's got, it's 74, so 199. Got 199 scores of over 50. Yep, 199. Uh, and then you divide that by the 619. And his failure rate is, so he's failing 68% of the time. So he's going into work and having a bad day, 7 out of 10. (laughs) But he's he's just, he's stuck at it for a good part of 20 years. What a sport. I mean, what and and as an opening batter with the Duke ball in England, swinging around, seeming around, it's the worst place to bat. Indeed. So we, we salute you. Yeah, well, 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 well sir. Uh, sir, sir sorry, sorry, sir. He sir, should be nice. Bravo, bravo. Amazing effort. Yep, the, the last of a bygone era is gone. And the headlines are now done for nine minutes after 10 o'clock. Our number is 0800 150 811 8833. And I think we haven't even asked anyone to text in, but Brad has texted in saying Wales 1 to 12, Ireland 13 plus, England 1 to 12, South Africa 13 plus, paying 160. Just so crazy it might come off. Get on it. Just chuck to Lazy 20 on it. Mm. Rugby World Cup quarterfinal weekend, people. Wow, 13 plus for Ooh. Ireland, though. That's, uh, Brad, you're obviously not that confident. I mean, we talk about the confidence pulse of our listeners and supporters. Brad has really how, hammered the All Blacks there. 13 plus to Ireland. How wow. confident do you think the average New Zealand rugby fan is? Well, should we ask them to tell us? 0800-150-811. Join the program. Let us know. Give us your pulse. Because mm. Elliot was just giving me a sermon in the background before we went to air about how I need to calm down as a fan because the Black Caps have won three games at a World Cup. So how dare you tell me how to behave as a fan? I get that, and I actually Why? felt bad because you said I was a fan. Maybe I had my athlete head on. I think you definitely had your athlete Where I was like, you know... Don't get too high. Don't get too low. What's the point yeah. of following sport if we're not going to get high and not going to get low? Yeah, well, it'd inter- be pretty darn boring, wouldn't it? Okay, so oh, there, was, there, was, there was, you know, don't get carried away. You interview me just, as a player. We just won the World Cup. I don't want to get too carried away, you know, because we've got we've got an international friendly in three weeks. You interview me as a player, and I'll give you a player's response, and I'll interview you as a fan, and you okay. give me a fan's response. Okay, how are you feeling about the challenge of taking on Ireland in a World Cup quarterfinal and starting a World Cup? Can you do the cricket one? We're talking about the okay, cricket, the cricket. Okay, and how buoyed you are after three games that we're going to win this. You've beaten the defending champions by nine wickets in a record win. You've also now swept aside uh, two nations on, on difficult surfaces. You must be thrilled with your start and feeling you might go one step better in 2023 the team's in a really good space and uh what this team really does concentrate on is the processes and it's just about one game at a time and uh we're not we're not looking too far ahead we're just looking at the next game the next delivery to be bold but yes we're in a good space we're going to enjoy this victory but it's about the next game um, and what we can do there and staying consistent throughout the, these pool games. It's like, yes, it's boring. On a but bo- it's on like, a boring, that's... Let's get a judge here. On a boring scale, Finn, Huckleberry, totally. 10 being yeah. the most boring and zero... What are you rating that? Oh, I'll give it about an eight. Sorry, Grant. Yeah. Yes, I know. But yeah. the, the thing is, is this is what we get conditioned. I'm, not, I don't, I'm just saying that as athletes... I'm in the athlete's mindset. So now we're going to go to the fans' yeah, mindset. Okay, so I'm outside the stadium. Daniel's there. He's had a few, you know, orange fanters. Yep. He's fizzed up. Uh, so uh, 
Whereabouts were you sitting today, sir? Uh, long on, like where any knowledgeable cricket fan should be. Nine wicket victory for New Zealand today. No one would have seen that coming against England. How are you feeling about this victory? And where does this put New Zealand on the map for the, the World Cup? Well, catch up, mate. We've not only beaten England, we've absolutely pumped the Netherlands and now swept aside Bangladesh, mate. We're, hu we're humming along. Kane's back. Kane's back. We didn't even need Kane to thrash England. Lockie Ferguson's now bowling fast. He's got gas again as Lockie Ferguson after a couple of lean years. Picked up three wickets, mate. Santner's spinning a whip. We don't even need to pick Southie and Sodi. What a wonderful position we're in. Nisham can't crack the side, mate. No one's going to stop us. No one's going to stop us. Oh, dear, someone else. Oh, yeah, there are some good teams. Yeah. Does it That's what New Zealand fans tend to do. Does it concern well, you I... as a fan that you're playing the strength of the competition at the back end? No, that would be perfect. I'd, I'd much prefer to play harder games just before the knockout games. Perfect. Well, you, you enjoy the competition. Oh, Great speaking to you. Actually, do you know what I Have want? I want more of a contest. <laughs> I need more of a contest. It's a little bit boring, <laughs> us smashing all these teams. We've lost 10 wickets in three games. <laughs> Seriously, come on. This is supposed to be the World Cup. We're not even being tested. We might have to move universe. We might have to move to a different galaxy to be challenged. So I, I totally get that with the fan and the, the athlete, because I've been on the other side where you're interviewing the, the player after a game of cricket as a commentator, and you just, you know, Kane's got a double hundred, and it's been tough out there, and it's been one of the best double hundreds you've ever seen. And you're, you just want to get some passion and some excitement out of the players, and they're just in this mentality of, well, you know, tomorrow's another day, and oh, no. he's got to keep going. But that's because when we look at Alistair Cook's stats, he's been out there for 1,400 days, <laughs> and he fails 70% of the time. He's a broken, he's a broken soul. Yeah, and uh, we can understand why uh, Kane Williamson is like that. Yeah, broken soul. Speaking of broken souls, uh, can I talk directly to Irish rugby fans? We'll get to a break, by the way, uh, very shortly. Irish rugby fans, how are you feeling? And I know there's lots of Irish people living in New Zealand, lots of uh, Irish sports fans. Irish. Um, is, is tomorrow the day? Is it the day, finally? Mm. Do you know how many playoff games have played at a Rugby World Cup, Grant? I'm going to take a guess and say eight. Yep, and do you know how many they've won? None. Exactly. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. Did you see I did my homework? Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine. But I, I can imagine because I think... There's a lot of similarities between the South African cricket team and the Irish rugby team. You know, it's the um, yeah, all those the occasion. Do, do all those previous quarterfinals impact the team Massive. of today? The ghost of the quarterfinal. It is. Is it, is it real, Grant? It, because all the Irish players um, and some of the pundits have said, "Ah, oh, no, this is a completely different team. It's the best Irish side ever." Um, it's not going to impact them. It's not going to affect them. So the, the reason why it's real is because as a player, from my perspective, you want it so bad. And because you want it so bad, you start looking towards the, the result. And it's like, you know, there is that narrative. The press will always ask you, you know, you've never got past the quarterfinal. So that does hang around the team. You can't get away from it. It's like South African cricket team. Every time. So if like, it, you guys have never made a final. You've never won it. So if it gets tight tomorrow morning between the All Blacks and Ireland with, like, 20 minutes to go, and say New Zealand's ahead by one or two, do, do those ghosts from 
previous World Cups actually start to close in. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I'm here. Look, here's my failed 1999 campaign. More so, more so for more so for Ireland than for the All Blacks because the All Blacks would have had players that have been there in the final. Well, they've got World Cup and winner. won it. They've got World so, Cup winner. and I I made that point when we played England at the start. England had eight players that had had won it. It served them well. And it didn't serve them well. <laughs> but but it was a pool game. Like pool game and knockout game, two totally different things. Interesting. And it's exactly what I said with my athlete interview. It's like you just have to concentrate on the next ball. But that's so difficult to do when you've already visualized what it's like to beat the All Blacks and you're celebrating and you're in the semifinals and you're already visualizing the finals. You can't be too many steps ahead because you get too emotional. You can't let your emotions come into the game at all. I, I had the privilege and honour four years ago um, ahead of the nineteen, uh, sorry, the two thousand nineteen Rugby World Cup, where I got to interview all and, and like for an hour or two, got to speak to all the Rugby World Cup winning captains, mm. from David Kirk, Nick Farr, Jones, uh, Francois Pinar, John wow. Eels, John Schmidt, Richie McCaw, uh, Martin Johnson. Got to speak to them all, and I hey. do remember. John Eel saying this. Um, ironically, we might play this um, clip very soon, in fact. But they, on the way to winning the 1991 World Cup, they were nearly beaten in quite an upset by Ireland at the quarterfinal stage. Uh, and they're trailing with a couple of minutes to go. And John Eel said he was in a line-out and his, he, he was so not focused. His mind was wavering, thinking, oh my God, we're going to get eliminated from the World Cup. And he was thinking, oh, oh dear, I left my washing in the laundry at the hotel. I wonder if I'll get my laundry back before we have to leave Ireland. And then the next thing he knows, the ball's being thrown into the line. Oh, my word. It, it, you know, the, the, the top two inches are fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating things. Um, so Grant thinks ghosts of previous World Cups are a thing. What say you? Let's get your thoughts on 0800 uh, before we get to our first call, John writes, Morning, Daniel. My son Liam plays senior cricket for Wainui Amata. He is also an ex 9 I seniors. He's come home a couple of days ago and said, Grant Elliott was going to play a couple of T20 games for 9 I. Can we confirm or deny this rumour? Every year I, I get told I'm going to play for 9 I Gold, I think it is, the T20 team. So um, I will turn out eventually. I, I turned out for a, um, an indoor cricket game the other day. Oh, and So relieved. I think I blew my groin out again. <laughs> there you go, John. Uh, let's get to our calls. 0800-150-811. Um, go on, tell me how you're feeling about this massive quarterfinal weekend. Cricket World Cup. Anything you so please. Open line talk. G'day, Dean. Dino. Dean. Where's, where's the Dino meter today? Are you are you confident the All Blacks win? Are you down on them today? Dino's coming off the long run. I can feel it. Nah, nah, guys, like, honestly, I was pissed off with the PAB last night, I don't mind telling you. Oscar Bolaventa played double figures, and I couldn't put a bet on it. I was annoyed, but never mind. That's what it is. Never mind. Uh, I got the guest chairs at home, and I was, for quite, I had to change them once. When Ireland lost South Africa, I had to change the jersey arrangement. So I've got Wales, All Blacks, South Africa, and England. That's what's been there ever since the Irish South Africa. I don't know what happened there, but... Would have paid as far, I lost money. That game cost me money as well, but never mind. That's the way it goes. Never mind, yeah. never mind, mate. Yeah. That's secondary. So that's your quarterfinal winners. That's your list of quarterfinal winners. So goodbye, Ireland. Did goodbye. you say all blacks, Dino? You did, eh? Hey? Yeah, 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 I did. I've had yeah. that jersey there so, for a while. I, I mean, I... I'm still... I'm still 
<laughs> what's going on, but it's getting better. The worry I've got is Ireland are doing everything perfectly. Like, they're a team. The All Blacks are so damn lucky that they've got an ability that not a lot of other rugby union countries have skill set wise, but it just, it, like, I, I've seen it so many times when a champion team beats a team of champions. But I just think Leicester Fahanuku for me was huge. Like, I'm so pleased that Miss Paris took my money and took old Talia out for a date because it's just, I, I don't mind him on the right wing. I don't mind that at all. Will Jordan Talia, happy with either. Rather will it fall back, but that's just not going to happen until Razor gets the reins. But that back line now is pretty good. The full pack, I believe, is damn near as good as we can put on the field. Shannon Fazell, I just hope like hell he smashes Sexton. And I want to see, all I want to see is Sam Kane smash O'Malley, put his hand in his face. And I said the other day on the radio, and go, you ain't Jerry Collins. <laughs> and then I'll be heading it up. That would be a great line, Dino. Great to chat, mate. We'll get to... A lot of aggression from Dino. I love the fantastic. I love the, the visual imagery of all the jerseys out in his room where he's going to watch it. Um, he, he's high on them, which is excellent. G'day, Mikey. Good. Hello, Mikey. Oh, how's it going, fellas? Um, We're good. I'm, I'm being oh. the fan. He's trying to be the boring athlete. <laughs> oh, Mikey, listen, he's right. always paying me out. Boring. <laughs> No, I could I could tell there's a bit of energy in the studio this morning, which is awesome. Um, I'm picking, I'm going against everything I've thought about for the last two years up until literally a few days ago, and I'm picking yeah. the All Blacks. I think my nervous heart is overriding my calm head. In fact, my head's not that calm because my heart's still very, very nervous about it. But I, I haven't anticipated a game like this in such a long time. I can't, I can't wait. Be. It's going to be amazing. In fact, the whole weekend's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward Seriously, to the... Um, I, like it's got to be 2011, right? It's got to be the World Cup final of 2011, mm. as far as anticipation. Four years ago against England, I remember being on radio and trying to tell people England are really good at rugby, and people were laughing at me. Um, and we lost that. So we weren't, we weren't anticipating that one. We were expecting to win that one. I think we are expecting to win 2015 against Australia too. Uh, you know what? I, I can't think of, of any other game where... I, I'm like you, Mikey. The anticipation has been quite like this. Mikey, Mikey, we were talking about earlier that Ireland, uh, they might have the ghosts of quarterfinals. Do you think that that's the case in, in this game? It won't be when they start, but if we really, really push them and we get a lead on them and it's like 10, 15 minutes to go and I've got to get a try or something, I think the ghosts will definitely rear their ugly heads, mm. which would be great for us. Right. Um, but like the 2011 World Cup, I hated that final. It was just too tense for me. But I think I'm going into this one knowing that Ireland are definitely probably the better team in the last few years. So I'm just going to try and enjoy it as much as possible and not have that horrible feeling like I did in 2011, which we just scraped through. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to enjoy it anyway. Um, be, well, be I think you've got two teams. Into it. Yeah, I think you've got two teams who are, are, are going to try to play some entertaining footy. So that, that will, um, I think, allow you to enjoy some of it, Mikey. Good luck, mate. Um, don't work on those nails. Don't bite them now. I'll give yourself a few hours, Mikey. <laughs> Thanks for joining Thanks, us, mate. mate. Go enjoy yeah. your day. Thanks, it's Mikey. 24 minutes after 10 o'clock. Our number is 0800 Taking your calls. Back with more shortly. 0800 You can give us a call uh, at any stage to discuss anything you so please. Double eight double three. Did you ever break curfew? Uh, yeah. 
Well, oh, Lots. I'm just trying to think if we had a curfew ever. Um, I think there was a time where maybe there were a couple Daniel Vittori put on curfew. Oh no, the Firebirds we did. We had a, we had sort of a curfew, but there was also like rules around drinking, like 48 hours before the game. Right. But then all that happens is human nature. As soon as you put rules in place, everyone's like, let's break them. Mm. So I think you know I read a couple of articles about the the curfew that was broken and. Just the All Blacks environment, and I believe the same. I think that you have to treat players as adults, and they will make mistakes. I think uh, there was, you know, Hanson said back in the day, um, where they're our children. You, we, we treat them like our children. We love them, but when they make mistakes, we have to punish them. And uh, it is kind of like that. And especially if the senior leaders are on board with them. Yeah, well, you get the senior leaders. They make the decision on how the culture actually goes and runs. It's not the coach. The coach will hand it over to the senior leaders in the team, which I believe is the right call. Um, and then they have to then sit down and decide what happens with that player, uh, which is a difficult thing to do because it's your mate, right? So you have to push that aside. And But I always used to say, you ask yourself one question. When I was captain, I was like, ask yourself one question. What I'm doing, is this helping the team? And if the answer is no, well, then don't do it. And it was that easy. So it's like if you're getting home at 2 a.m. and you're going to get four hours sleep before a game, is that helping the team? No. Well, so then it depends if you're one of those, those rare breeds yeah. who, um, you know, performs doesn't well on like your, sleeping. Doesn't like sleeping. Yeah. Well, you it can, doesn't like being stuck in a hotel room. You can Feels argue very that. uncomfortable with cannot, confined small spaces. And likes to go out and chase the nightlife. So never change your preparation. So we you had a. You can a, see why I'm on the fan side of the competition yeah. and 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 not the the athletes side with an attitude like that. Did Did you have any teammates? I I played I played for a, a club team called the Pirates, <laughs> uh, the Bones in South Africa, and uh, Ken Rutherford was part of the team, and we had a curfew for Neil Umpleby. His nickname was Buzzard, because he loved eating chicken. He loved his buzzards. And um, Buzzard had a curfew, but he wasn't allowed to go to bed before midnight. And he had to, you know... What? He had a reverse curfew. Reverse curfew. And he had to really get on the turps because he was no good if he had a, you know, sober night and went to bed early. Don't do this at home, kids. No, don't. This is not the right way to go. Buzzard was, you know, an extreme case. So he would get fined after the game if he did go to bed before midnight. So everyone at the start of the game would go... And ask Buzzard, they'd say, Buzzard, what time did you get to bed? And you'd be like 2.30 in the morning. Right. We want people to Dobbin their club mates. Club, yeah. Weekend Warrior question. Um, Dobbin your, your club mate who is magnificent after midnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, They've had a late night out and they always perform. If you've got any great stories, share them with us. Double eight, double three. Well, the, phone the worst possible preparation that you've ever seen. That's just consistently bad. 0800 We have talked about ghosts of quarterfinals past rearing their head for Ireland, Grant, haven't we? Yep. Um, and we decided, oh, we should do something special for uh, Irish fans. Today. You know what we're going to do? Play U2. No. Oh. This is not U2. No, I'm saying, are we going to play U2? You're a simple mind. <laughs> You're a simple mind. What we're going to do... Play the musical anthology of all Ireland's Rugby World Cup elimination matches, for which they are 0-8. Oh, 87-91. And Andy McIntyre. And here we go again. They'll try and protect it a little better this time, will they? 
Tyneman picked it up to Brian Smith. It's another Australian try. The final score, 33 points to 15 to Australia over Ireland. It was a match which uh, really must rank as one of the worst spectacles of the entire tournament. Gets it away to Keats. Curtis and McCree. Up from fullback is Staples. Little kick in the space for Jack Clark. Clark gets the ball. Now he's got support. Charging through his Gordon Hamilton. Has he got the pace to get there to Vic Franca? Yes! Runs down road, erupts then. Just to remind you, 10 minutes each way of extra time should the sides finish level. Papa Hangawi controls the boat number eight, finally releases it. Horan, the pass. Little to Campesi, going for his hat trick. Tackle short, Liner's in there, Liner scores. So the great champions that they are then. Australia bounce back immediately with a try by Michael Liner. Almost a minute and a half of injury time at the end of this game. No, that's it. Australia through then by the skin of their teeth. Winning by 19 points to 18. But my word, what a superb performance by the Irish here today. Don't you forget about me. Don't, don't, don't oh, we did. We did in a hurry in 87 and 91. We, we forgot about you in a hurry, Ireland. That was part one of the musical anthology of Ireland's ineptitude at Rugby World Cups. Did you choose that song on purpose? Is that a, what, like, why? Yes. Just don't forget about me. Yeah, well, it's a song about goodbye, isn't it? And they get eliminated. Okay, so I thought, you've, I thought it was, you've chosen each song as yeah, well. I, I thought it was pretty straightforward, really. Yeah, no, yeah. I, uh, well, but I just yeah. wanted to see the thoughts behind it. Yeah, I mean, that, that was really good. Thank you. I love it. I can't, so we've got another seven of those to go. Are we going to play them back to back, or are we going to? What are we going to do? We're going to do them in two World Cups at a time. Okay. So the next one will be ninety five, ninety nine. Nice. Yeah, you have to stay tuned uh, to to hear it. Hey boys, go the o o a b's on Sunday. Don't forget the main game on Saturday night will be the mighty Magpies versus Wellington. Go the Silver Ferns, Kiwi Ferns, Black Caps, Marshy, and the Hawks Bay. Yes, good luck to your Hawks Bay Dustbusters. Marshy as they take on the <laughs> Wellington. what I'm calling them now. Tomorrow morning we'll follow the averages of Foster's reign. Lackluster writes Brad. <laughs> and another one, the requirement for a cricket team I play for that you have to be hung over or still oh, Brad. from the Friday night. That's not fair, Brad, because some people cannot operate under those extreme conditions. I, I think I was one of them. No, you I, are. Here's a hint, Brad. Never invite Grant to come play for your team. <laughs> Why? What? Because I Cause you, go home early. No, you can't perform. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not your strength, mate. Can I, uh, You're no buzzard, mate. Can I tell you a story? Tell me after the break. It's 25 minutes away from 11. Twenty minutes away from eleven o'clock. Randy Elliott is here. He finally caught his flight last night. He's arrived back in Wellington, looking so fresh and so clean. Huckleberry is also here, our producer. My name is Daniel McCarty, and this is John. Welcome to the show, John. Hello, John. Oh, morning, team. Morning, team. Loving that Lauren Hill coming in here, keeping us happy, keeping us happy. Yeah, that's Huckleberry. Huckleberry's got all the tunes, John. 
He he's the one that supplies oh. all the the tunes. I mean, we get a request every now and then, not from me because I don't know music. Right. Lauren Hill, yeah, fantastic. Glad well, you like it, John. What's on your mind? Well, well, you would have been bouncing to it when you would have been playing in the Caribbean, there, mate, in Jamaica and Trinidad and all that. So, um, yeah, but you saw those sounds. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, what, the what Caribbean, John. What a place that is, the Caribbean. Woo. Can tell you some stories off air. You stay on the line. I'll tell you some stories. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a victory from our Black Caps last uh, this morning. Actually, um, I was very impressed, uh, very pleased to see Kane back. Although he retired coming to the end because he knew the game was pretty much wrapped up. Um, but you know, I think they've got they've got what they've taken out of these last three matches. I mean, they've got the three points. The thing that uh, confuses me is the run rate. It keeps going down. Can you tell me why, Grant? Um, because the first game was so lopsided, was so um, strange, that that was sort of an artificial number. Yeah, we won it in 38 mm. or 36.5 overs, which yeah. doesn't really... And then this one, because we only won it in 42 overs, I think, with 8 overs or 43 balls to spare, it, it went up. So it's a, like we mm. would have had to win it in 35 overs. So that, that would be why, oh. John. Oh, right. Hey, um, but what's surprising, I've been listening to SEN Australia, eh? And there's, it's mm. a bit apocalyptic over there because the Wallabies were ah. terrible. Uh, the Australian cricket team, who they were banking on to win a World Cup for them this year, looks like they're going to bow out. Although it's early days, the signs are not good for Australian cricket the way they're playing. And they're, they're playing against Before- Sri Lanka, probably on a turning wicket. And Sri Lanka will bloody... The- They'll put all the eggs in the basket, mate. Absolutely. Um, I got a message, Grant, from someone in Australia yesterday going, go Black Caps. And I was like, are you already getting (laughs) off the sinking ship? Like Like the Wallaby supporters. It's sunk, mate. It's sunk. They're giving up. Are you going to rule them out, Grant? No, so, so John, what I will say in this competition is that Australia Mm. have obviously played some tough games. They've played India. They've played South Africa. Yes, we've played England, but Netherlands and Bangladesh, okay? So we're looking pretty at the top of the table. But that can change quite quickly. Like, we play the, the best teams at the back end of our tournament. So you can never write Australia off. All you have to do is make it into the, uh, the semi-finals, And if you make it into the semis, well, you, you've got a, a good chance. It's a one-off game. I what think. Do, what do I tell you, Grant? Never trust an Australian cricket team. Uh, yeah, never trust an Australian. <laughs> never cricket trust team. an Australian cricket team. But, but John, they've had they've had injuries, back. eh? Oh yeah, good stuff. Good on you, good John. on you, John. Great insight there. Thank you very much for your questions. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. You can uh, also text the program on double eight double three. It's a good point from John. I mean, the thing is with Australia, you know, you know, I'm really big on combinations, getting your combinations right before the tournament. And when you see Shane in the middle order, I'm like, why is he there? Obviously, Travis Head got injured before the, the, uh, the tournament. A little bit like Michael Bracewell, massive player, off-spinner and left-hander, really? dominating player. Has dominated you know, world cricket for the last sort of 18 months, two years. Um, so he was a big loss. And you see they're trying to rejig their order now. Mitch Marsh up front. And yeah, it just doesn't look quite right. But so the Alex Carey one sticks out for me more than anything. This yeah. guy got 99 against South Africa less than a month ago. Mm. He has been in their incumbent. And after the first game, they drop him. Yeah, that, 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 and I put this to Mike Hesson yesterday um, when we had him on. Uh, sorry, mornings with Ian Smith. Sorry, mate, <laughs> I wasn't cheating on you. Um, <laughs> and it, 
sort of struck me as an element of panic. Yeah. You can you can only judge your coaches that you have when you're at your worst moments, I think. When things are going well, you know, anyone's a good coach, but it's when things are going badly, whether they're chopping and changing. And I know the coach. I know Andrew McDonald. He's got a level head on, on him. He, he coached me in um, at Leicestershire. Daniel Vittori uh, is in that, that coaching team as well, so they've got a lot of experience. Australia played a series against India before this tournament started, so they'll know the conditions better than anyone. But what I will say is being in the subcontinent and touring in the subcontinent is hard. It's not easy. Your room starts off as maybe 10 meters by 10 meters, and by the end of the trip, it feels like a one by one meter. Um, you know, you get a bit claustrophobic. You, miss, you do miss home a touch. So they've been there quite a long time. Uh, whether the rigors of touring might just get to them a bit, I don't know. I, I'd like to think they're more professional than that. There's a lot of guys that have played IPL in their team, uh, but certainly their supporters are not getting behind them in rugby or cricket at the moment, which is unlike the Australian cricket supporters, you must say. They're normally really super yeah, well, positive. Yeah, yeah. so a few of them getting off that ship rather quickly, I think a little bit too early. They've played two really good sides. Yeah. Like South Africa. Man, so much power. Yeah, no, South so Africa are looking power. good. Quinton de Kock in form. Like, all their players have really, like, Markram batting well. There's Miller, um, you know, Fandadusa. Yeah, with Miller coming in at six, that shows how good your, your lineup is. Yeah, and then you've got that Klaassen as well. So, and they've they brought Maharajan, who's doing well with the, with the he ball. He really well against Australia. So, they, they look like they've got combinations together now, South Africa. And that's the key for them, is if they can keep that consistency. And is Shamshi's actually getting more Paul Adams by the day? (laughs) Do you think he'll end up just bowling like Paul Adams when all is said and done? (laughs) And doing those somersaults. Paul Adams got told off for doing a somersault. I remember that. You're not not allowed to have fun, right? Come on. Oh, yeah, that's true. You're not allowed to have fun. Um, What am I going to do? Um... Should I tell you my I've story? Already, I've already read that, that text message. Sorry. 0800-150-811-8833. I want to play one word. One word. A game of one word. Your one word to sum up your optimism about the All Blacks tomorrow. We'll play that on the other side with Grant and uh, Huckleberry. Our great 12 and a half away from 11. I always let the day slip away. I should have been making up my mind. I never opened up to get all in and now I'm running out of time. Sometimes I dream about going back, keeping all the things I left behind. But I just felt like dancing, Finn. Sorry about that. Stop paying me out every time I get up and dance. You know, like I'm in a club. Are you straight? I don't know why I was doing the dollar bills out of the hand, but isn't that what the kids do? Isn't that what they do? But the kids go to strip clubs and throw money. Oh, not I never said that. I oh, said that's clubs. What that sign means. No, it doesn't. Isn't that what the rappers do wherever they go? They just start throwing money around. Now, I don't know. That's what I thought happened. I'm just, I'm just letting you dig a bigger hole, my friend. I'm just letting you dig a bigger hole. I never saw it. Well, you asked us one word. No, no, I'll get my one word question in a moment. A one word answer. You're so um, authoritative. Yeah, well, I, I'm in control. Right? <laughs> I've, I've, I've got the power this week. Um, I'm really worried about the Irish defence. I don't think we will have enough quality ball and panic playing helper, helter skelter rugby going backwards I can't see us beating them bring on Scott Robertson someone writes unnamed. unnamed unnamed though we need your name we need to know where you're from 
It's not good enough. <laughs> Get your homework done. Mickey Arthur. Do you remember when Mickey Arthur was the coach of Australian yeah. cricket? Jane Watson loved him. And he asked them to do homework. Yeah. God forbid. And then a lot of them just left the next day. <laughs> no, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, double eight, double three, temper on beer post text machine. You can also call us on 0800 811. All right, the question is, how confident? How confident are you? So I want to know. In a word, in a word. Athlete. Describe, describe your feelings ahead of Ireland v the All Blacks tomorrow morning, for which we have full coverage right here on SCNZ, starting from 7 o'clock with Daniel McCarty and Corey Jane. Kick off at 8. Huckleberry, you can go first. Your one word to describe your thoughts ahead of this game. Nervous. It's my turn. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think we need to take it one <laughs> one ball at a time. and You know, it's about the next game. That we- <laughs> I think Grant didn't understand the question. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, but he just went back God. into athlete mode. He just went back into athlete Get mode. Him no, right, Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Wind him up. Let's not say anything. Let's not say anything. Let's not say anything. I've got one word for you. Pensive. Mm. I'm discombobulated. I can't make up my mind. That's such a good word. I know Huckleberry, you should have thought long and hard about what word. Discombobulated. I, I, I have, in my mind, I have mapped a path to success for both Ireland and New Zealand on numerous occasions. Mm. I, I really don't know how to feel about it. So I, I think, Ner- huge nervous energy, absolutely. I, I think Huckleberry um, will his thoughts will reflect a lot of our listeners. Well, I think like for me, before we get to the next caller, and why are you all calling one minute before we've got to go to the go to the top of the hour? Why are you calling one minute before we go to the top of the hour? We'll get them after the break. Thank you, Huckleberry. Yeah, carry I, on. I think that the reason why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling is because it's been such a roller coaster ride to get to this quarter final. Over the last couple you No, know, losing against France, losing against South Africa in the warm up game, and it's kinda of like it's been Ireland last year. So unfamiliar to us to be on this roller coaster. That that's why I'm feeling so pensive. I don't know, I'm like you, discombobulated. The word, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I'm going to search that up. You want to go look it up and actually figure out what it means? Just combobulate. It means confused, doesn't it? Things coming at you from all angles. I don't know where I am. A bit like you're dancing. A bit discombobulated. I'm going to dance in the next uh, opening. Nick and Mark, you guys will be straight up after this uh, short break. Uh, Jamie Tout's going to talk high performance with us in the next hour as well. The Sports Freak joins us after 12 o'clock. Well, today is your show, really. 0800 150 We'll be back with Nick and Mark right up after this. Bang on 11 a.m. 0800 150 is the number. Got no music this time because uh, Mark's been waiting patiently through an air break, Grant, and I don't want to like waste any more of his valuable time. Thanks for that, Mark. Yeah. Thanks. Mark from Sydney. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing, fellas? Well, Grant, Grant was up, ready to dance again. He's loving life. He's full of energy, full of happiness. Oh, something like that. I'm so happy, Mark, because the Australian cricket team is getting dominated. Your rugby team is, oh, well, they're in a skip somewhere. I mean, what is happening over there? Australian sports is in tatters at yeah, the moment. it's crisis. It's got to be well, real yes inquiry. And, well, yes and no. I mean, it's like it's a sad day in Australian sports when the only winning team we have is our women's netball team who are one up in the Constellation Cup series against this, against New Zealand. But it's I think it's a good reality check for us in that um, we need to just 
with regard to Australian cricket and Australian rugby, just burn it down and start over. Because the guys we've got in charge are making it an absolute circus on both counts. I mean, as I said to Matt Rogers on his Sports Day show earlier in the week, I can sum up the Australians' quick exit from the Rugby World Cup in three main statements. Number one, Eddie Jones. Number two, Eddie didn't take enough experienced Wallabies with him to France. And number three, he took too many inexperienced Wallabies with him to France. And I think with the Australian cricket team, we just need to go back to basic and pick up our form because that many drop catches we've had lately is a bad thing. It's not just bad, it's cataclysmic. We've lost two straight. And also with that, just as a side note, with the SEN and SENZ app, when I try to pre- press the text and call-in buttons, they're not working. So I'm having to dial the numbers in manually. So you may want to get your IT guys on that. Thank you very much for that uh, notice. Uh, Huckleberry will send that up the line to the, uh, the people that need to know. Thank you. A lot in there, Mike. There's a lot in there. Um, Dropping yep. catches. Is that pressure? Do you think... Do you think... I, I actually asked the question earlier. Do you think that Australia going over there prior to the World Cup to India was a good thing? Because obviously you can get accustomed to the conditions, but are they it cooked? makes it a long tour. Are they cooked already? Yeah, well, I, that's what I'm throwing out there. Is that going to really cook well, them? Because travelling in the subcontinent is tough. I know. And to be honest, I think it will cook them because you've got to keep in mind it's not just the weather, but it's also the food. You know, you've got to watch out over there because the food can really get you, um, especially with regard to things like, you know, diarrhea and other, other conditions like that. They and their five-star hotels that they're likely staying in. Well, if they go out in into the streets of somewhere like Mumbai or Delhi and they decide to try the street food just for the sake of, hey, I'm a tourist in India, I'll try the street food, bang goes one-star player if one of them comes down with something. And that could be a star bowler or a star batter. You know, it could be... Usman Khawaja, or it could be Mitchell Stark, or and if so, we could be shot. And um, you know, you've just got to plan. They've just got to plan it out better as to how they do it. And I don't think yeah, going Mark, there before the World Cup was a good move. I mean, listen, I don't think food's a problem. I mean, when when you go, oh, it is there, a problem. Scrambled eggs at hotels. We need to talk about scrambled <laughs> eggs at hotels. They're not eggs, are they? They're definitely not eggs. They, uh, if someone working in a hotel. They're not eggs, are they? There's no way you can cook scrambled eggs that badly and they can taste nothing like eggs. They're not eggs, <laughs> are they? Oh, yeah, those ones. Yeah, what they're are not they? great. What, what do they make those out of, anyway? I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll climb back out of this rabbit hole and you guys can have an adult conversation. Mark, besides the scrambled eggs, because that, that is a necessity, like when you go over yep. there, I remember my first tour to India and we had a, our strength and conditioner that was discussing uh, basically what to do and what not to do. The first thing yep. was no tap water. Now, I heard that yep. Jeffrey Dujon used to go over there and he used to down a pint of tap water first, first day up so that he got ill and then he was never ill again the whole tour. But you're, you're it having was, a... It was pretty cool, OG. <laughs> you're having a shower and you're closing your mouth that tight because you're so scared yep. that droplets are going to get in your mouth. Or you wake up and you're jet-lagged and you go to the tap and you put your mouth under the tap and you wake up in the morning and you go, oh, my goodness. I'm pretty sure I drank tap water last night. Um, yep. And the other thing is that they'll say, you know, don't eat fish in, in land. And the first thing Ian O'Brien did off the plane was like, um, sir, what would you like, fish and chips, please? <laughs> we like, looked at him, hey? So you can, you can be unlucky, but there's, you know, there's certain things that you follow while you're over there. And India's actually a lot better than it was even just six years ago. Um, it has improved, like, exponentially. Some of those hotels in India yeah. now are just amazing. Yeah. 
it's it's the rigors of traveling it's the fandom you know wherever these australian players go they they have people wanting autographs and photos and it just it wears you down it really does yeah. so damn hot yeah and, and talking so about being it, worn down yeah carry on talking Mark, about, carry on yeah just just quickly talking about being worn down the australian public as in us rugby union supporters are very much worn down and we're out for blood specifically with regard to eddie jones because the whole eddie jones thing has been an absolute farce from start to finish because he made it all about him when he was in press conferences on tour and uh as i said he took the too many inexperienced wallabies not enough experienced wallabies but the absolute kind of negative icing on the cake is when it got reported by a japanese magazine a couple of days ago that he's up for going for the japanese head rugby coach job as soon as he finishes up at the world cup and to a lot of us over this side of the ditch that's like absolute sporting treason it's like he's taking the quick back tour exit out when he's caused the mess that uh the cricket world cup was for australia and we just think that's well I, sporting treason is daniel vittori coaching australian cricket team at the moment or is he coaching them Maybe. yeah it's all part of our master <laughs> plan mark hey scupper the ship from within yeah well i don't think daniel that he's got at least daniel vittori's oh, got so, the guts to stick by his position and not duck out quickly when it all hits the fan like eddie is yeah, well, so I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, Mark, but I don't, actually don't think the focus should go on Eddie Jones. I think, like, when I look at Ireland... He's and, completely torched that team, yeah. Yeah, I, the focus should be on the games. The, the focus should be on the pathway. Australia doesn't have a Absolutely. rugby pathway. It is true. You look at Ireland, you know, it's, yeah, it's, a really it's good point. complete shambles at the really moment. You've got AFL, so all your best athletes are going to go AFL, then your next uh, best is, uh, is cricket, and then rugby league wouldn't be far behind it. Those are your first three sports, and... You know, ultimately, rugby is your f- fourth most popular sport. But they have to create that pathway, and the island have done that, which Absolutely. is why they've uh, they've been so consistent. Good man, Mark. Great Absolutely. to chat, as always. Go enjoy your Saturday. Appreciate Thanks, it. 0800 Thanks, mate. 150-811, open line talk. Uh, let's get to a few of these text messages, then have backed up. All right, let's go to Steve in Dunedin. Stephen, how you doing? Uh, boys, uh, my big worry with the All Blacks is how we will handle pressure and they close our counter-attack style down, our wins so far have been allowed to play. Yep, completely understand. They're just a really good side, Ireland. Just a really, really good side. Can I read the next one? Yes. I just, I just feel like you're getting too authoritative. Okay. I need to take some power back just do, a little do, bit. Do you have, can, you correct, can you correct this upcoming text with um, intrinsic understanding? Hopefully. Based on what, he has, what, he's about, what you're about to read? Hi, Snake and Jav. Should be Jav and Snake. Reason why my name is first. <laughs> Question. Would you trust your life with the ABs beating the Irish? Four years ago, I would have said yes. Foster has a win record of 67%, the lowest since Eric Watson coached the ABs in 1980. Imagine if Foster was your airline pilot with the knowledge he has 67% chance of successfully landing your plane. Good luck, Carlos. Well, that's not how um, planes work, Carlos, for a start. Um, <clears throat> you know... Yeah. Um, the, but, and no one likes a corrector. He has a higher winning percentage than Laurie Maines and equal with Wayne Smith's right now. And also, Secret Services or the Navy SEALs, when they, they say, when you're 80%, pull the trigger, go. So if you go, Thanks. I'm 80% correct. Oh, I'm 80% that we'll get across the line here. They go, great, let's go. 
don't know how you qualify that. But, but I'll take your question actually seriously now, Carlos. It's having a bit of fun. Would you trust your life if the AB's beating the Irish? No, absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Uh, and I wouldn't have four years ago either. Because they'd beaten us ahead of that World Cup in 2019. More they, so no, four no, years No, but ago. then you saw them through the World Cup in 2019 where they struggled, lost Japan. They lost to Japan, didn't they? And they struggled. And then we got them in a quarterfinal and they weren't as fearsome as I thought they were the year before. I think under Joe Schmidt they had peaked in 2018 and were on the downward. I'm not seeing it from them at this tournament. Mm. That's why I'm so discombobulated, Grant. You are. G'day, Stephen. Yes, good morning, Mr. McCarty and Mr. Elliot. Hey, Grant morning, and Stephen. Um, Daniel. <laughs> Hello. Very kind. Hey, um, Very kind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got a couple of uh, cricket and rugby, if it is enough time. But my, Absolutely. Um, my first one is just to do with the, um, the, the rugby. And uh, I saw this very interesting um, interview oh, sort of, um, <clears throat> with um, Michael Lyman. Uh, Lyman? Uh, hang on. Um, Lyman? The ex- The Five? That's it. Yes. Yes. Uh, yep. And he was talking what you were saying. He was saying the big problem is with the pathways, the schools, and that, you know, that um, it's, very poor what Australian rugby are doing, you know, which is basically not not a heck of a lot. And then the the talent is getting swooped up by the the other codes. So you you, you may have some good players coming through, but then they because there's no pathway in a sense, um, they they're going to the other codes. And um, yeah, I mean, I think I think what Eddie's done is sort of. I mean, the whole thing with what happened to, um, I think, Rena, um, Dave Rennie was uh, uh, really a shambles. But I mean, yeah, you're right, you, Stephen. You're right. Yeah. Proof in the pudding. When you, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think they could learn a lot from the Irish. I think they should send over their coaches and others just to see what, how the Irish Academy are doing, how how we doing it here. Um, and I also actually wonder if. You know, they need to cut down to four teams, and they're super. And if they need to also, maybe some within, you know, outside the top, say, um, 23 or, or 30 players in, in the different super um, rugby here in, in the franchise, whether they need to send over some of the other promising players, just say, you know, for a year, um, maybe two or three from the you know the stronger provinces, and then they go to the weaker um, super rugby teams in Australia to try and boost up their strength and and make them more um, competitive. And in, in well, Stephen, I I don't know if you've heard me over the years. I've said um, we should have been doing that for years. Like Bowden Barrett should have gone and played for the Sunwolves if you were, were in all seriousness about getting a Japanese side um, up and running, successful. You want parity in your competition. Um, I, I see a lot of benefit to it. You're still playing in the same competition. They might be playing for Australian teams, but they should still be eligible for the All Blacks. Uh, Stephen, quick point. We've got to get to a break, but quick point on the cricket you wanted to raise was was there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got a couple of points. Um, the first one has it been finalised? Who will be in the uh, the box with you in the commentary box with the cricket? For, oh, there's going to the be a summer. variety of people. I I don't know exactly the lineup yet, Stephen. But I uh, the names that I've heard, including the guy next to me, 
granted if he's willing to actually accept our invitation. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a pretty oh, good wait. lineup, Stephen. So, so we'll announce yeah, that yeah. in due course, my friend. Yeah. Um. Just one uh, to do with that. Just quickly. Um. Will Will Jerry and Garth be a, a possibility there as well? Yes. Absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant. And now just. We've got to go, Stephen. Really appreciate your thoughts. Give us a call another day. Got to get to, uh, funnily enough, uh, our cricket segment with Razine. Uh, we have a good long look at the Cricket World Cup with Grant Elliott after this. Stay with us. 13 and a half.